2: Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today a reason to celebrate. Yay, it's Gary. Birthday. Is today my birthday? I just reached puberty. <laughs> I got chest hair and my voice lowered about a month ago. It's, it's kind of fun, isn't it? It's okay. Yeah, it is my birthday. Okay. okay, the reason we're celebrating on the podcast, though, is the return of another season of Chef's Table on Netflix. It's an award-winning series that I think digs deep into the lives of chefs from all around the world and the impact that they and their food have on those around them and their community. And currently in theaters, wow, an impressive, heart-stopping documentary. It's called Free Solo. And no, it's not a Star Wars movie. (laughs) It's about the complicated life and times of Alex Honnold, who attempted to climb El Capitan in Yosemite National Park and get this, without a rope. Awesome. No rope, it's nothing.
1: Awesome. Now, I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. This week, we toast some of the finest culinary minds and talents with a wine from the native country of one, Spain, where I had one of my finest culinary experiences. Truffle hunting with González Baez, toasting their wines, Baronia, C. Castilla, and Minas del Vero. It, incredible experience. Yeah. And for Solo, the mind-blowing, high-elevation wines of Alto Adige. I do talk about these wines a lot, but it's because they are simply so delicious. More on that on why in a bit. But first, Gary, let's talk about Chef's Table. We love Chef's so Table. So every
2: time Chef's Table comes on, it's a new season. It's- we go crazy. They had one season where it was all pastry. It was
1: pastry, uh, yes. The
2: first time we discovered Chef's Table, and and uh, there's your buddy. It's
1: Francis Mollman.
2: Francis Mollman, that you had just come back having dinner with him in his home where he cooked outdoors for Here, all of you. Oh, yes. You know? and we just, I I, I literally, literally, I think it's the finest thing about food. It's so beautifully shot. Ever made on television. I think it's the best, I don't, and every time a series comes, it's like either four of them or six of them or eight of them. But this new season, um, Mm -hmm. it's just as good as the ones in the past.
1: We've only seen the first two so far.
2: And we're going to talk about this too, because one of them is about a woman named Christina Martinez. And she owns South Philly Barbacoa. Yeah. So you have this li- this woman from Mexico yes. living in South Philly. And all of a sudden, the restaurant becomes just critically acclaimed. In fact, I think Bon Appetit named one of the top 50 restaurants or yeah. 20 restaurants in, in America. Yeah. And all of a sudden, people start going there in this little kind of run-down neighborhood in South Philly. And she makes Barbacoa. And so I've always known about Barbacoa. I've had Barbacoa. I don't think I've ever really understood how barbacoa until now mm-hmm. was actually cooked and prepared because mm-hmm. it's it just it's like it oh, was that Mexican barbecue is right. that what this is right? But it's 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 pork. It's lamb. It's lamb. I'm sorry. It's lamb.
1: Yeah.
2: There's a real Hawaiian connection to Absolutely. it uh, of just kind of roasting it in a in a uh, pit in a pit that they you know right. that they created. But she is so interesting because well, first of all, she gets remarried. While she's in Philly, yes, to a guy that I think is the coolest guy. Yeah, they and they might. and they go together because she came from a horrible marriage in Mexico, an abusive situation. She has a daughter. I mean,
1: she's based kind of backstory. Yeah. She's she is an immigrant in this right. country. Actually, kind of all of her success could also be her demise because she is here illegally. Yeah. Um, but she is amazing, and she is a voice. And she fled a a a toxic relationship. Um, her child is still in Mexico. Uh, she she was being beaten literally to death, and then worked to death because she was raised in with a family that made barbacoa. She married into another family that made barbacoa, and she basically kind of became their work slave, and then his his object to beat. Yeah. And so she fled. Yeah. And somehow ended up in Philadelphia.
2: Well, and also her story of fleeing to America is that common story that we hear I mean yeah. walking hundreds of miles, you know, getting across running, the border yeah. and running for your life and and then the the admittance that she's still, yeah, even though a highly rated one of the top restaurants in America,
1: and I don't know is if, an illegal immigrant, right? Because she has married a an American, yeah. and they have a very healthy relationship. So I don't know, you know, what that. I think kind she, of means. I, if
2: I remember correctly, she said it doesn't mean anything yeah. anymore, and that they could come and get her anytime. Yeah. and she lives in fear of that. Yeah. but she's also outspoken in the community about this, right? So, and,
1: and I don't you know it's think of whatever side you might be on um
2: there's only one side for us yeah it's yeah.
1: and and we are like these people I, I think legal. these people should be I mean if you were if you were fleeing a bad situation and and then you're contributing to to our economy in a very healthy way yes her her restaurant basically started because she and her husband started cooking in their kitchen and inviting their neighbors. Right. And then it just kept growing and growing until they found this tiny little space. And, and it is, it's yeah. a destination. I mean, I'm not a big meat eater, as you know, but I right. would be. I would. I, I. I'm. I would go with you while you had some. Can I have the barbacoa without
2: the barbacoa? No. Just the bread on the I'll barbacoa. I'll have the
1: tortillas. <laughs> but everything's
2: handmade and beautiful, yeah. and to get and and to have it discovered like that yeah. is just. And her story is. Her story's fantastic, and that's what the show so is really about. It's yeah.
1: so beautifully told, and it's so beautifully shot. And it's interesting to to start with, definitely a message. Um, episode because i don't Mm. think they have been as messagey right but um but that's also the story of a lot of a lot of cooks in this country yeah a lot
2: yeah Yeah. and they bring that up about the kitchens are just full of you know and and something has to be done we've we've got to take care of these people we do so i i love that
1: and and then yeah great episode
2: and then the other one is about albert Aldria. Adria. Adria Yeah. So tell us about him because you know a little bit more about well, him than I do. Well, his brother,
1: Ferran, Adria That that's El Bulli. That's what was the finest Ferran. restaurant, yeah. Ferran. Yes, um, and in the world at, at one point. Um, located in, I want to say it's Roses, Spain. I'm probably right. not saying it's right. on the coastline. It's on the coast um, outside of Barcelona um kind of a, a no place destination they made it a destination it it was also just because i've i mean there's so many great chefs that stage there that that kind of just wanted to go and have an experience but then at night there was nothing to do because they're literally just in the Sit little outside village. And smoke yeah yeah and and but albert was his his Culinary director. I think that that mm-hmm. was his yeah. one of a technical kind of title. Um, that that started working with him really because he didn't want to he didn't want to go to school anymore, and so started. You know, his father said, "Okay, you have to have a job," and so started working with his brother, and and the two of them created this masterpiece of a destination with with you know the food of everyone. I think that there's a common um, thought that the food of, of France is the best food in the world, but I think as we continue to to taste the flavors that some of these great Spanish chefs have created, the boss cooking, the whole, you know, all the the food around San Sebastian, the what what the you know Albert front did mm-hmm. in creating this this culinary world of a very, very beautiful, Unique food, you know, a lot of the kind of uh, you, if you're going to taste. Some, you're going to look at something and then you're going to taste it, and the two won't be how right. how those two kind of come together is. is fascinating because it doesn't look like it's going to taste. And right,
2: like some of the stuff that Grant kind of Oschats is right, doing right. in right. Chicago. And he's, had staged
1: right. with him, and yeah. and it's that whole kind of molecular kind of gastronomy that you know I'm not big until a lot of foams and all that kind of. But but I do like beauty, and I do like like beautiful food. And- well, when we
2: talk about restaurants in the world, and and just I mean, there's documentaries on it, bullying. Yeah that El Bulli is, is, is kind of the pinnacle in the world. It was. When you, it was. And yeah. When, when you talk in America, you talk a lot about French laundry. Yeah. And you're talking now about Grand Aushat. Mm-hmm. But, but El Bulli to me, always comes up. Mm-hmm. And so this history of it and all these old photographs yeah. and video that they have of them, because he was a pastry chef.
1: He started, yes, yeah. he started and then... And his food him.
2: was so extraordinary. And now and, and, yeah. then, and now he has a restaurant named Tickets. Yeah. And it's like you go into a circus and you get a ticket, and you yeah. go in, and the food's all this kind of extraordinary show in Barcelona. In Barcelona. yeah. He's got multiple restaurants now in Barcelona. This guy's fa- absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm all in. I, I, I look at this, and I just think, you know, we, when we were in Barcelona recently, everything about it was great to me. And when we, we if we ever go back, we're gonna, yeah. we'll dig deeper. Yeah. Into some of these places and, and go. Because I just could not stop eating paella. <laughs> it's my first time in Barcelona, so just, hey, there's paella. are a
1: paella fest. <laughs> Let's go get it. There's paella and some cava. All right. That was good. Anyway. Um, so to pair, I yeah. thought um, kind of just in, in talking food and, and wine and and one of, you know, kind of my most uh, impactful uh, trips that I had a chance to do was, was traveling to Spain with Gonzalez bias, which is a, a group of, uh, they own, um, a lot of sherry producers. Tio Pepe is, is one of their, their largest, uh, sherry brands, as well as a handful of different wineries, Peronia being one, um, C Castilla, Venus, Del Vero, um, and and so we went into Somontano which is kind of the northern northeast part of Spain um Pyrenees in the mountains or Pyrenees mountains kind of in the distance about an hour outside of of Zaragoza took a, a fast train which was also kind of fun from Madrid to Zaragoza and then drove into the mountains into uh their Castilla vineyard and and did a truffle hunt and it was it was not so, the snow lightly falling it was falling? it was so it was kind of so perfect how how we started the the afternoon it was cold it was winter um, we were hunting for black winter truffles. Uh, the, we started out in the vineyard. Um, you know, they kind of had this big um, barbecue, big picnic, um, lots of tomato bread, which you know I was all in on, and and lots of wine. Kind of just standing around the vineyard, olive trees and almond trees all around us. Um, and then it's like, okay, we've had this lovely picnic. Now it's time to go on our hunt. And just then, the snow did kind of start to fall. So you and, have a little
2: fire pit? And we had
1: little fire pits all yeah. around. And then you kind of just went out. We had a, a truffle hunter and his dog. They don't really use pigs anymore. That was kind of the the, pigs the would tradition. Sure, the, the, the pigs ate all the goods. So they um, had this precious dog, and and it was fascinating. We just kind of followed him into this this oaky forest because that's where truffles grow at the base of oak trees and and this dog was amazing i think i I have a a few photos i'll put up with when we do the blog on this because just the the handfuls of truffles that that they found and then that night we had this just gorgeous all the truffles that you found that we found and and had a gorgeous meal with with all of the, the truffles. And just one thing, one, it, <clears throat> again, just, just the fascination of, of how, how, how someone comes up with something, you know, they did do a, they, they put a, a plastic glove <clears throat> on my hand at one point and they made, they had made a, a truffle mousse and so sprayed the mousse into my hand, dusted it with a little truffle salt and basically, you just kind of eat the moose out of your hand. Of it was just hand. very fun, and and then they took the little glove off and you know went on. And then there was one. Do they do the? Yes, yes. With a. <laughs>
2: there's a little. There's your.
1: Um. And then they Truffle had a. Truffle mousse. They had a a, and I've tried to recreate it, and I just could never get the the flavors exactly right. But they did a a. a Shaved black truffle into the bottom of a tall um, wine glass, and then they fill, you know, put a, a, a splash or two of a stock from a fattened hen, and and just poured that stock over that truffle. Chicken stock into of a fatted hen. A fatted hen yes. stock. <laughs> into that glass and you're basically supposed to then put your you know put your your face into the glass so you inhale that aroma and that that you know earthy gorgeousness and then drink the broth and it was just you have so made that and it's really beautiful it's yeah. so it was just it was just beautiful and wow. and then you're pairing it with these you know earthy um Garnacha-based wines, so Grenache, Spain's Spain's version of Grenache, from from vines that are fifty, sixty, eighty years old, and these gnarly old vines that were throughout that vineyard, and it was it was just really, really incredible. And and though not everyone can have a truffle experience, they can certainly drink this beautiful wine.
2: Do you remember the name of the dog? I don't. I, yeah. Yoda? Can we call him Yoda? No.
1: What no, was his name? Yoda. I think I, ha- I have it in my notes. I'll yeah. try to find that out. Because I, I, I will them.
2: never forget the picture when you, <clears throat> you, that you sent me and then yeah. and then you came home also from there of like three or four or five truffles in your Just hand. In, yeah.
1: It was fantastic. And I'm
2: thinking that's like thousands of dollars. Yeah. Because they're so they're expensive. expensive. Yeah. yeah they they're aren't
1: as expensive as, as white truffles, but right. they're certainly yeah. a, a, a prized commodity oh. and and it was, it was just what a... great a, experience. It was a... And, and again, it's just the beauty. They they ended the meal with a truffle cotton candy that they then shaved truffle on. It was just... It was very over truffled. Did but you have it all
2: over your face? I
1: don't care. I, I was all in. <laughs> I was completely all in.
2: I'm all in too. So <laughs> that's a really great pairing. So your your trip to Spain, it's a truffle hunt, the wines of Spain. And the chef from El Bully, he yeah. was doing his own thing called tickets. And then that's... The Chef's Table, South Philly Barbacoa. It's just good stuff. When we come back on Cogil Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, a thrilling new, currently playing in the local theaters documentary. It's about a free solo rock climber attempting to be the first human being to climb the face of 3,200-foot El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. It's a film that will take your breath away, and we will be right back. We love sharing our wine discoveries with you, our listeners. And one of them we're excited about is called Wine Access. Yes.
1: Gary and I love a great glass, if you didn't know that about us. Yes, we do. And we found that some of the best wines come from winemakers with passion, making wines in small lots from premium fruit. But often we found these wines are very difficult to find due to limited production and availability.
2: And that's why we want you to know about Wine Access. They make it so easy to find these delicious handcrafted wines that you're going to love. Like the 2015 Delightfully Strange Proprietary Red Blend from Napa Valley. It's only $29 a bottle. It's a Merlot Malbec Cabernet Blend. It might taste like $100, Haley. But it only costs twenty nine.
1: A twenty nine dollar bottle of wine from Napa, you got to grab that yeah. fast. Wine Access is a team of wine experts who taste thousands of bottles every year from well known wineries to small hidden gems all over the world.
2: And Wine Access only selects the very best to offer wines that over deliver in value, tasting as though well. They cost twice as much.
1: And they share their full story with you, where the wine comes from, the history of the families producing the wines, growing the grapes, where the passion we describe comes from.
2: And here's the deal. We want you to try Wine Access, too. So we've arranged an exclusive limited-time offer, and you're going to get 20% off these great wines that already over-deliver on price. And you can order as many bottles as you like.
1: But to take advantage of this offer, you must go now to our special website. It's WineAccess.com slash Cogill. This offer won't last, so order now to get this fantastic 20% off deal.
2: And here's the full details again. You go to our special URL. It's WineAccess.com slash Cogill. That's WineAccess.com slash Cogill, C-O-G-I-L-L. Welcome back to Cogil Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Now, one of the movies we watched recently really took us by surprise. It's called Free Solo, which tells the story of one man's attempt to be the very first to climb the sheer face of Al Capitan in Yosemite National Park without ropes, without any attachments, all by himself, hands and feet, holding on for dear life. This is a 100% film on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: It made me very nervous.
2: I, I watched it through the, Yeah,
1: through your fingers. I, I covered my face
2: <laughs> while we're watching a documentary at home. I can't imagine watching it on IMAX, yeah. what it would be like yeah. on IMAX. I mean, it just terrifies me. But it's so fantastic. Yeah. And this guy, what is he, around 26 years old? Maybe. Somewhere around there. And, and, and so he's... He's living out of a van.
1: I mean, basically, he has never had a home. Or if he, I mean, he yes. surely had a home at one point. But he basically yeah. just kind of lives out of a van because he's always going around to different places
2: and, and climbing and climbing. Yeah, and he and we, it's free solo because he climbs by himself, and he, so he's f- solo, but he's also free without any ropes. Right. So a lot of these men and there's some women that do this too but a lot of these men have died over the years right. they're solo climbers at some point because you you can only make one mistake right and it reminded me of watching that philippe petit documentary yeah. a little bit uh, 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 Man men on wire mm-hmm. about who you know did the rope between the twin towers in in new york before those went down and without in a 60s. net right. and anything and you, you just can't make one mistake what's interesting about his life because like all good documentaries he meets a girl and has a girlfriend.
1: Meets him. He was doing a book signing, and yeah. she and and she went and to, you know have a little romance. And man, she's just going to make him fall off that <laughs> rock. She talks she, a lot. <laughs> she is very very opinionated, and she's very sweet. But she is. She. I mean, you know, that's kind of the whole part of this whole discussion is okay. You can't if you're if you're going to fall in love, if you're going to have a family, if you're going to go on to that phase of your life, you really can't do.
2: You really, you really can't do this You really anymore. can't climb without a rope right. for the rest of your life. Right. Right. And she knows what a big deal this is to him. So he trains for over a year yeah. with ropes and just up and down and up and down to find every any any details yeah. in his journal. You know, where I put my right thumb here, where I turn here, where I have to leap over,
0: to leap, leap over yeah. and
2: grab this thing to get up this sheer face because nobody's ever done this. And... And and you, you get to watch his practice runs and climbs, and just those are scary. And he's working with people that are world world class at this. And and then it kind of leads up, there's a point where it kind of leads up to, well, you think he might do this? To, because it's all about his mood and and his... Because he's doing this with a camera crew around him, so
1: that's what the, he. Uh, and that's camera a big crew part of the movie. Had started following him, basically. I think when he decided to do this, and yeah. and there was a discussion of that, also. Like, have I sold out? Because because now these these guys are you know filming every minute of.
2: He's very pure about of every thing. day,
1: yeah. um, and so he does. He kind of makes an attempt, but everybody, you know, all cameras are on, and and he's you know goes up to the first whatever marker and says, okay, it's not today. Not today. until Duran comes back. Comes back and, and then has to wait because it's also, you know, there's only so many times a year that you can climb. You can't really do this in the winter time. You don't want to do it in the middle of summer. You, you need to do it before the sun is completely up or else you won't be able to find like all of these different, different layers kind of come into this as well as just, the 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 confidence and the ability to do it in yourself
2: well, and because he is a free solo artist to have a crew of twenty or ten or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're trying to just lay back and not be in his face and help him and they have discussions like we don't want to get we don't want him to notice us because we don't want to kill him right because if you break your concentration of anything and you make one mistake, you're dead yeah and you're falling as he says, if I fall, my body will hit the rocks and explode and I don't want I don't want to feel. I don't want the crew to feel bad about this. Oh. I mean, this it's so fascinating. I loved fascinating. how that. I,
1: I did appreciate that the crew were also climbers. They're all. Yeah. I, I really liked that because then because they understood that you know it wasn't just like a a documentary team that went out to film some guy. It was it was people that he. It seemed like we're already, you know, kind of part of his his climber group.
2: Yeah, right this they? is the group that made a, a documentary a couple of years ago that was Oscar nominated, named Maru, Meru, M E R U. This thing, this thing, this the last thirty minutes of this film when they lead up to the climb is so thrilling. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm watching that, and I know in the nanosecond that I could never. There's nothing in my life that <laughs> has ever informed me that I could do anything remotely like that even with a rope. Yeah. I'm not that guy. Yeah. And it's so fascinating to know the mindset of a person that could do that, yeah. because there's an ex- eccentricity that goes with it, because he's pretty eccentric. Yeah. But he's also really smart and really charming. He speaks to groups. He grew up a nerd. Yeah, you know, He he, he didn't grow up being showy and flash. He's not interested in being famous. Uh-uh. And some, some kid at a high school says, how much money you got in the bank? How much do you make doing this? Because he is sponsored, but you never hear who the sponsors are right. you never know anything and he goes i'm I make a modest dentist living, which is probably pretty good,
1: yeah, especially when you live out of a van right. and you and you and you have one pot that you cook and eat out of
2: <laughs> I mean he, he has no overhead yeah <laughs> in fact at one point they kind of shop for a house yeah him and his girlfriend and he just kind of that's all new for him it's your mind yeah it's 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 just some of the most thrilling filmmaking. I, I just can't recommend this film high enough. When a film gets 100% Rotten Tomatoes, it's pretty darn good. And
1: I love. You're right. If, if, it's if you rare. can see it in a theater like an IMAX, then oh, the, it'll so. take your breath away. Yeah. But but it's really worth yeah. it.
2: Yeah, go for it. I yeah. love this stuff. Um, high so, altitude.
1: High, yes. So so free solo. So we're now talking high elevation wines again. I'm kind of reminiscing on a trip that I had a chance to take. And I do I do talk about Alto Adige. And far northeast Italy quite a bit and it's it's really because I do love these wines I think that they're they're some of the most beautiful um, refreshing light crisp balanced white wines that I've ever had a chance to to taste and and I think of all trips this one kind of continues to resonate because it was such a I'll say a little mind-blowing experience, kind of, um, because oftentimes I find that when I talk to winemakers, they're always talking about the soils and always talking about the terroir and the in the slope of the land and the sunshine and the and and the nutrients or the lack of nutrients or the you know how deep the the roots need to go. And it was kind of my first experience. To instead of always talking about the soils because the soil is obviously a, a huge component to any any ability to grow great grapes, but it was all about elevation and it was all about going to to the top of of mountains that I. Would not think could could ever grow a grape. How yeah,
2: do you grow grapes up there? And
1: yeah. and seeing this vineyard, there was one in particular that took us forever to get to the top of it. with switchbacks back and forth. You had back a mountain climbing day. We did. There was um, we're it, it's in the Dolomites, so you're you're basically, and it's just it's just so beautiful. Um, but we're at the top of this of this mountain, um, looking at the Dolomites with Tiff and Bruner and we're in their Mueller Thurgau, a very historic vineyard that they have. And I'm just, my mind was just blown because logically, I don't understand how grapes can grow at this elevation because it is so high, but they do and they do successfully. And that. Altitude and that elevation brings such great acidity to these wines that that otherwise might have a little bit more residual sugar or they do have residual sugar, but the acidity and the freshness balances all of that out. So you get this great crisp flavor profile that that I I simply adore. And, I, I and,
2: remember this story you saying where you were climbing, and then there's a there's like a cabin uh-huh. with a bunch of people in there partying. Uh-huh. And there's food and drink in there. Yeah. And then they wanted to go up higher, but you stayed there. I
1: couldn't, yeah, I had a little, this. the altitude it, yeah. it got to me uh, on one of the days. And so they did. There was a big kind of uh, hike that, that the rest of the group did, and I just hung out. And
2: okay, so yeah. uh, use words and walk. Um, you're opening the door and you walk in, because I have this image of... A hut with a whole bunch of leader hoses. No, no, it was very it, of... was very, it was
1: very chalet like, yeah. you know, and and that's the other side. Alto Adige at one point um, was part of the Austro Aust- Austrian Hungary mm-hmm. um, Empire. It um, is very Germanic. It has a very everything is very pristine. It's in Italy,
2: but it's very. Germanic. It's in
1: Italy now because Italy yeah. got it after World War II. Um, but it has changed hands a lot. It's the other, the other name for it is Soutrolle. So these Soutrolian wines, which I believe is the German or the okay. Austro-Hungarian um, side. Uh, I just call it Alto Age, because I, I I I like the Italian influence. Because even with that, you do have this this very Germanic influence. It's there's a lot of sausage. There's a lot of meat. There's a lot but there's also a lot of of strudels and it's it's the largest in addition to being this incredible wine region. It grows I want to say all of the apples that Italians eat and wow. probably a lot of Germans also. It's a huge apple growing wow. area. Yeah. Um, the food is very, very hardy, and I think it's because everybody in the region, are, they're farmers. There are also a lot of consortiums that um, kind of each village um, comes together and, and kind of creates a wine under a consortium. And sometimes consortiums are kind of these big um, or these these kind of big conglomerates of of maybe the kind of second tier. Yeah. Um, But these wines are really, really beautiful because everybody has such a a level of quality that, that they aspire to and they all come together and have um, it's, it, completely, Alta, completely beautiful.
2: The wines from Alto Adige, I look for now on every menu, yeah. and I look for wherever I go. And and are
1: is another one. And they're uh, more Amizia they're more Navicello. available
2: than I ever thought.
1: There, I think it's because we do. There's a love fest, and and um, how how great German Rieslings are are so well respected right now, and and Rieslings from Alsace, and and again, all of the there there are high elevation vineyards throughout the world. There, you know, when I looked up. At the in the Andes and, and Argentina and and knew that grapes were growing okay. at these high elevations. It's it's certainly not something that that it's it's new. It's just I think that was one of my kind of first experiences with it. And wow. they are they're beautiful wines. So yes, Tiffin Bruner is one. Pinot Grigio is still kind of the the main grape grown, but also I will say the demeanors from from Alto Adige. Elena Volts's Gewurztraminer I think is stunning. Um, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, Mueller Thurgau, Greener yeah. Veltliner, uh, a lot of like I said, Pinot Grigio, um, Pinot Blanc, uh, just really, really mm. special, special wines that they're I,
2: crisp, I crisp white wines to me. Yeah. That's what I think yeah. of every time. Just really, really fresh, great acidity. So I couldn't climb El Capitan. I couldn't. I couldn't climb a fifty foot. Climb
1: thing. I don't think that the elevation would be well for you. Either. It's, not, it's not in your DNA either. <laughs> well, just at that point, by that day, and I think there was also there was so much meat everywhere. <laughs> so much meat. There was so much like like cured ham meat and everywhere altitude. <laughs> that I just I just couldn't I just, I I just couldn't do anymore.
2: I love you. But the
1: wines, the wines, the were wines great. are
2: great. <laughs> Next time on Kogel Wine and Film: A Perfect Pairing. Ryan Gosling plays astronaut Neil Armstrong, and Claire Foy plays his wife in First Man. It's a new film from the director of Whiplash and La La Land.
1: For more on the films and the wines we talked about today, please follow our blog on cogillconsulting.com or through Facebook. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill, and to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncourt.
2: And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film.
1: I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine.
2: Join us next time on... Kogel wine and film a perfect pairing.
0: Aloha. Happy birthday, baby. Thanks.
2: Thanks. Happy birthday, babe.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com/slash investing in America. Addiction
1: plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore.